I put together some really impressive deals. But this thing you've pulled off, it's amazing. A big and tasty for just a dollar? How do you do it? What's your secret? You're a man of few words. I like that. Got a buck? You're in luck. Because you can get a delicious, beefy, big and tasty or a McChicken sandwich for just a dollar. Every day at McDonald's. Purple. Very, very powerful. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is March 2nd, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Uh, there is no post-game show today. I have to warn you, believe it or not, I'm going to blow your minds right now. I'm actually not here. I'm on a plane to New York. Yes, that's right. We're taping this yesterday, if you're watching this today, uh, because I am on Greg Gutfeld with an exclamation point tonight, Thursday night. I'm doing the Gutfeld program, so uh, we pre-tape this for you fine people, and hopefully I'll uh, be making Greg uncomfortable. I have a way of bringing out the best in Greg, I think. And I was the one on the first night of the Gutfeld late night program to say that Greg would be number one in late night. I think I said it was gonna take six months. It only took him three months, but he is the king of late night television, which is pretty spectacular. And then I'll have a day uh, on Friday to be in New York uh, doing my thing. And hopefully I won't get mugged, murdered, or otherwise accosted. Uh, anyway, we've got a rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A for you. But before we do, I wanted to do one story today because I saw this clip of uh, former VP Mike Pence. I believe this is on CNBC, talking about what Governor DeSantis just accomplished by going after Disney. And it is a really rather bizarre take but I think it shows an interesting split and division within, well, certainly the Republican Party, but I would say the, the broad, I always talk about that broad conservative movement, and when and if you should use government power to actually accomplish things. Uh, so here's former VP Mike Pence. So we, I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids under the third grade, but I, I, I have concerns about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray, they lost. Uh, but then they, but the, the idea of going after their taxing authority, right. I, I, you know, I, that, was, that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. Interesting. All right, so before I add my commentary, uh, as you know, I had Governor DeSantis on the show two or three days ago, and I asked him exactly why he did what he did with Disney and what the fallout was going to be sign the bill to finally uh, eliminate their self-governing status. Uh, we've put the area into state receivership. I've appointed people to, to manage it. Uh, we now have the ability to apply Florida law to them. They used to be exempt from the building code and all these other things. Yep. Uh, we also have the ability now so that they'll pay their fair share of taxes, which they didn't have to do for the last 60 years. And of course, they're going to honor all the debts the municipal debt that they rung up $700 million. And so that is um, basically treating them like we treat SeaWorld. Yeah. They're gonna be a, just another company. So this is an interesting moment for the, again, wide conservative movement. You want limited government, right? I'm a limited government guy. I want the government off my back. Uh, but do you ever, when you have power, use the power of government to accomplish anything? Now, what's particularly interesting about this case and seems to be a lot of the confusion that I think even perhaps Mike Pence is confused about is that all that Governor DeSantis is doing is stripping away the special rights of Disney, the corporation. 
right? He's not using government power to hurt a corporation. He's just saying, hey, you corporation have to behave like everybody else. In other words, SeaWorld, that was the example he used. SeaWorld is also in Orlando. Why doesn't SeaWorld have their own special rights and special building codes? And why aren't they allowed to get $700 million into debt? And would that then be something that you would want the government to come in and be like, hey, you gotta pay your debts. So from where I sit, DeSantis is obviously doing the right thing. Let's, let's put aside the, the whole fight about quote unquote, don't say gay. You know, it seems that Pence is agreeing with him on that in terms of getting the craziness out of the schools. But once uh, Disney decided to get all in on this fight, well, DeSantis decided to do something about it. And if you believe in the free market, which I think is a conservative principle, if you believe in freedom, I think that's a conservative principle. If you believe in equality, I think that's a conservative principle. And if you believe in fairness, I think that is a conservative principle. Then of course you would strip away special rights for people or corporations. We should have equality, not equity. So this is gonna be an interesting fight for the Republicans. And I, and I think it's a good one, by the way. Uh, while I obviously disagree with Pence, and you know there are some people saying he's gonna run for president, I don't, I don't sense that he has any real support at this point. It's hard to figure out who that is. Like the Trump people kind of don't like him. If you, you know, like, so there's just some, some weirdness there. But I think it is a worthy fight of when you use government power. I just think he seemingly is confused. Like, this is the type of stuff that people have had it with the Republicans on. It's like, no, when you have power, we don't want you to abuse power. We don't want giant government overreach, but we want you to use it judiciously to expand freedom. That's exactly what DeSantis did here. Uh, I'd love to have Pence on to, to find out a little bit more about his philosophy behind that. That somehow you're only small government if you allow giant corporations to do whatever they want and not pay their debts and have building codes that nobody else has. What is that? that that's actually the government granting them those things. The government granted them the ability to have their autonomous zone. Now the government's just taking it away. So I think he may be a little confused about the issues or something along those lines. Let's get to the community Q&A. Vika says, uh, do you have any clips from pre-Red Pill Dave monologues to show us a bit of your evolution? My God, people, I hope we've burned all of those and scrubbed them from the internet. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff out there, right? Like there's gotta be, but don't come to me asking for that drivel, okay? <laughs> you can probably find them at youtube.com slash Ruben Report. We didn't delete any of our old stuff, like it's there. I always find it funny. These people will come after me, they'll find like a clip from, you know, 2014 where I'm like, you know, I like Bernie Sanders and do, 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 do. And they'll be like, see, Ruben was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm like, yeah. I was, I was sleeping, now I'm awake. You're like, you're not getting me, you think you're getting me? Cause I admit exactly what went on here, just silliness. Anyway, I wouldn't waste your time with that. Enjoy the new show. We're trying to bring out some better ideas these days. Curtis says, okay, Dave, the truth, are you wearing shorts right now? I am wearing pants. Can I, if I move a little, what's gonna happen here? I'm wearing pants, can I get the, yep, got the. Oh, but I'm not wearing shoes. How about that? That's, that's a little something for the people. And I got my ankle socks on. Not wearing shorts right now. I have a policy. This is my one policy as, you know, because I'm also the, uh, in charge of the production company here. And uh, my one policy is we cannot wear shorts in studio. Nobody wants to see just white legs, especially indoors. Nobody wants to see them. And that's, that's the one policy, so that's what we do. Jamie says, do you think the sandworm voting block was responsible for Beetlejuice losing the election or did she lose favor with the civil servants union that all committed suicide? This is a rather clever commentary 
comparing Lori Lightfoot to Beetlejuice. I get all the references there. <laughs> that, that scene when he first goes in, uh, you know, he's in purgatory or whatever it is, and the woman with that really hoarse voice, and she's got this she's smoke coming out of her. Oh, just great, just great. Michael Keaton is just a great actor. Does anyone not like Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton, right? It's like, you gotta like Michael Keaton. Talway says, have you, Daphne, or any of the crew tried any of the recipes that have been submitted for the community cookbook? So if you guys have not seen this, if you're not part of the locals community, we are, uh, we are compiling dozens and dozens, I don't even know how many we're gonna take ultimately, of community member recipes across the board. Is it soup? Is it chicken related? Is it a dessert? Is it a salad? Whatever it might be. Are you baking something? Whatever. And we're gonna do a Ruben Report Locals Community Cookbook. That's separate than the cookbook that David and I have been working on for quite some time, but we're just kind of with the kids. It's just like, it's tough right now on that one. Uh, but we are gonna actually print it and we're gonna send it to community members and it's gonna be, it's gonna be made by the community. Uh, I actually have not seen any of the recipes yet. We, we posted this, what, about two weeks ago? Daphne has been compiling them. I know a whole bunch of you guys have sent things in. I guess we'll kind of go, go with them together. And then I thought, I thought the next version of this would, it, would, it would be fun to cook things together on certain nights. So we would like lay out a schedule so people know what recipes uh, they're gonna do so they know what ingredients to get and that we would all actually cook the same thing and we can post our pictures of it and all that good stuff. So if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble and you wanna join us, rupinreport.locals.com in case you had not heard. Movie Junkie 86 says, what do you think about these videos showing school teachers and students fighting? Someone tweeted a video this morning of a man shooting another man in the middle of the day right on the street. Candace Owens talked about the 80-year-old who was killed by dogs recently and someone posted a video of it. What are your thoughts about people filming these events? They may not be committing the crime, but some don't seem to be trying to stop it or get help. So first, let me address the, the school one first. There, you see these videos every day. If you're, if you're on Twitter, or I guess they're on TikTok usually, they seem to come from TikTok onto Twitter. If you see these videos, they're horrific. Putting aside every circumstance that got led up to the teacher and the kid coming to blows, these are awful. And you see giant melees, students attacking students, students attacking teachers, teachers attacking students. It goes to the, to the cultural rot that obviously we spend a lot of time talking about here. And, and your question really is related to what about the people that are filming these things? Like you, you, you watch them, you see these things on the subway where you know a man will be attacking a woman and people are just filming it. Or a woman, you actually see it more the other way because women are more emboldened to attack men, uh, at least in public places. So you'll see women attack men and everyone just stands there filming it, right? So that's just like a conditioning of this thing that we're all just like, we're just in, we're just in that thing. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, it's like, sometimes you see horrible things and you think people should get involved. And then in some of these cities where you know the police aren't gonna help or they're afraid or they're, they're simply not gonna show up, whatever, whatever it is, I could see why good people don't get involved. It's, it's a real problem. You know, there was a very famous uh, case, I, I may be slightly butchering this, but I think this was in the 70s. If I'm not mistaken, this was in Queens or Brooklyn. It was the Kitty Genovese, the Genovese family. There used to be a Genovese drugstore. It was big in Long Island. And I think it was in Queens. And Kitty Genovese, I think was, it was her, was, uh, was murdered in the middle of the street or attacked in the middle of the street. And basically no one did anything about it. And everyone that was watching, cause it was you know, a little New York City, Queens type street. Everybody said, oh, someone else was gonna do, we assume someone else called the cops and nobody did anything. And it's weird because now we're all videotaping it and no one does anything. I think again, I think it's, it's a, we have a real cultural rot with this thing 
That video that you're referencing was in St. Louis, by the way, the guy just executing what appeared to be a homeless guy, middle of the street, 2 p.m. St. Louis, broad daylight. Wasn't on CNN, wasn't on the New York Times. Is what it is. Uh, Mickey says, hey Dave, since Lori Lightfoot is looking for a new job and you're looking for a new intern, what would you do? Would you hire, what would you hire Lori to do? I guess scare the children. Is that a part of any of your jobs? Because I could take that off your plate if we really just want to scare the children at night. You know, imagine, imagine you're a little baby. Like I got my kids down there. Imagine like you're crying and then Lori Lightfoot appears to soothe you. You'd freak out. I don't know what else she could, like talk about a no skilled person. Like, like what, le what skill does this woman have? What job could she possibly get after this? I have no idea. Michaela says, your interview with Peter Thiel just showed how important new views, ideas, and creativity is. Concerning creative expression, art does, does play a great role. I'm sorry, concerning creative expression, art does play a great role. Only that it is in a similar bad state as the rest of the societal land slash mindscape. My question, does art, painting, sculptures play a role in Dave's world? I love this question, I'm so glad you asked. First off, if you, if you haven't seen my interview with Peter, the full thing's on Locals already, the part one, and I think maybe part two is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. And I think Peter's just great. Like we've actually become quite good friends and he's just an interesting, interesting dude. Like I've had big, big dinner parties with him where we, they try to, he always tries to set up one conversation at the table so it could literally be 30 people and everyone gets a chance to talk, chime in, debate, but it's not just broken down into 15 conversations of two where you can't hear and whatever. It's like, well, let's all really talk about a big idea, which is something I've tried to incorporate in some of our dinner parties as well. Uh, but on the art front, you know, it's interesting. There was a big art fair, uh, it was about a week ago in Coconut Grove here in Miami and I went and my sister-in-law is a brilliant, brilliant artist. Uh, her name's Kaylin Janet. You can go to Kaylin, C-A-Y-L-I-N, Rose, Janet.com, uh, and you can see many of the paintings that she that we've commissioned for her. And she we have a lot of wall space here, and she's done massive, awesome art installations for us. Uh, Hyperspace is one that I know a bunch of you guys have purchased prints of, but she's done amazing wax things, and she's done clay things for us, and really some incredible, incredible stuff. Um, and anyway, so I went with her to the art fair and it's kind of fun. It's fun and also like kind of crazy going to an art fair with an artist because obviously they're looking at it. Oh, I could create this and look how much they're charging for that. But she's, she's very open and decent and wonderful. And we saw a few things that, you know, that I did kind of like that were, you know, the, the one thing that I really liked at the whole art fair was about $19,000. And I was like, all right, that's that horse. It's like a cool horse. And there was like a snake and it kind of, but like, I'm not spending 19 grand on this thing. Um, but art and music, you know, we're constantly playing music in the house. I, the first thing I do in the morning is I put some music on. I usually put on some like morning jazz or something like that. Uh, I've mentioned, I like the Rippingtons in the morning. They're like a sort of melodic, uh, I think they were big in the 90s kind of group. Um, but you know, I'm always doing, at nighttime, I'm doing my Frankie Valley and my Frank Sinatra and I like a lot of chill channels. And I've really been into Yacht Rock lately. Uh, but yeah, art is a really important piece. You know, looking at something that, that has beauty, that makes you think, uh, that, that's why it's so depressing when you talk about the cultural rot, that like it's so rare now to find a movie that really moves you or gives you a new idea. Or, you know, when I, I can always talk about Star Wars, like how the last Star Wars movies, they get worse each time you watch them, where a good movie gets better. Watch the movie Contact, one of my favorite movies. It gets better every time you watch it. You can think about it in a new way. Uh, try Cloud Atlas, which I've been meaning to watch again, but I've watched like five times and you get more out of it each time. V for Vendetta, you get more 
each time. Bad movies, like the script is written and constructed in such a way that it will, it will trip you up each time and get worse each time. So we need good art, be it music or paintings, sculpture, whatever it might be. Matimbo says, do you have any thoughts or comments about the Newsmax versus DirecTV kerfluffle? Is it a contract dispute or does Newsmax really have a valid grievance for censorship? So I don't know all of the nitty gritty. I know about the case, obviously, and Newsmax uh, is being kicked off of DirecTV and it sounds like they're arguing that this is a clear cl case of cancel culture. It sounds like DirecTV is arguing that there's a little more nuance to it. Um, I think in essence, uh, this is why we just need new pipes for everything. You know, if Newsmax gets kicked off altogether, they will fully be welcome on Rumble, right? And Rumble, we've got a Roku app. You guys are watching this on Locals right now. Uh, we're building out all of the infrastructure to do all of those things. So we just have to think of new ways to get things across. So if you're, if you're a, a more traditional executive at a place like Newsmax, and I, I really like the Newsmax guys. I, I, you know, I love doing John Boxman, John Bachman's show, particularly on Thursdays, but I like Spicer, I like all those guys. It's like, you may just have to think of a new way, like whether it's cancel culture and it's unjust, or whether there's a contract dispute or whatever the, whatever the minutia is, it may all be a moot point. You may just wanna really start thinking about how do you protect your businesses? It's exactly what we did here. Right, like I am not going to be kicked off Rumble or Locals, I'm not. And Rumble is not gonna be kicked off the internet because they run their own infrastructure and now Locals is run on Rumble's infrastructure. So we are rebuilding the internet a piece at a time and if you take these issues seriously, it, maybe we're past the point where just you know waving your grievance flag and that's not fair and DirecTV shouldn't do that. Maybe that's just over and done with and you gotta go, you gotta go find the business partners that wanna be in business with you. Uh, Snow Baby says, would you ever consider doing uh, non-political shows, uh, members only, once a blue moon? What about a cooking show with Dave and David? We are thinking about a bunch of things. I, my time right now is so crushed uh, because you know, obviously we're busy in general with the show and, and traveling and doing the things that I do for this. Uh, obviously, what, you know, the guidance that I'm giving the folks over at Locals and Rumble and things like that, uh, there are two children downstairs and you gotta feed these things every day. You guys know about that? I'm feeding these guys like multiple times a day and pooping and all that stuff. Um, but I would like to do more. You know, we built a really nice, cool outdoor barbecue bar situation and I would love to shoot a show there maybe, have a couple of drinks with some guests and kind of work it out. We are working on, a, on an idea for a live studio show. Uh, but also, to, I think you were really talking about getting away from politics a bit. Yeah, we actually have a, a list of people that we want to talk to that are, that are a little bit more on the cultural entertainment side and, and just kind of keep it fresh. I mean, one of the reasons I do the August Off the Grid thing is because otherwise the politics, I love it. Obviously, I love it. Obviously, I'm super excited about what's going on here in Florida. Obviously, I think that might be exported in a major way in the coming months across the country and who knows what my involvement in that would be. Um, I have no idea. But like also, I do care about some other things and, uh, and it's important to, to focus on those too. Uh, Richard says, what are your thoughts on the Scott Adams controversy? Was he wrong? So if you have not heard about this, uh, there's a major controversy involving Scott Adams. First off, I like Scott Adams. I consider him a friend. He, he is a good man. Uh, and uh, that let me just put that there, period. Scott, by the way, we got him involved in Locals. He loved it so much immediately, very early on. He was like, hey, I'd love to, 
I'd love to invest. Can I, can I throw some money into this thing? Because I really believe in it. And he's, he put his money where his mouth is and, he, and he's just a good man. The controversy basically is this. There was a video going viral where, uh, where produced by a leftist organization with a, a series of black people basically, in essence, saying they don't like white people and here's why. And it was promoted by this lefty organization, okay? And Scott watched it. Um, and, and then he also saw this, there was this other poll uh, that basically uh, 50% of black Americans think it's wrong to be white. I, I don't know how accurate the poll is. You know my feelings about polls in general. But he watched this video and then that poll and then what he commented on, on his live stream, he does this live stream on locals all the time. Well, he does the live stream all over the place, but now he's being canceled left and right. So I think it'll probably be exclusive on locals soon enough. In essence, what he said was my advice to white people would be not to go to areas where there are a bunch of people who hate you, going off the information he had just heard. He did not say anything racist. He did not say, I don't like black people. He didn't say you shouldn't like black people or anything like that. He was taking a certain set of information that he had heard and then said, what, what is the real, what is the reality of this? If these people want special laws for one race and another <laughs> laws for another race, we used to call that racist, right? Um, you know, um, imagine, let's say 50% uh, of Germans said that, uh, you know, you shouldn't like Jews. You think there would be a problem there? So, so, again, putting aside the percentages on this and everything else, all he said was, my advice to you would be, well, you wouldn't want to move into a neighborhood like that. Anyway, a bunch of newspapers canceled Dilbert. He got a bo his book with Penguin, which is my publisher, the publisher I've used in the past. I suspect I will not be using them again. Uh, he uh, got his next book canceled by them and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, but he wisely is on Rumble and Locals. Anyway, I think he's a good dude. He, he's, he's inflammatory and he's intentionally inflammatory and he likes poking the bear. Um, and that's part of what he does, but he, he is not a racist. Silly nonsense. Um, Mike says, hey Dave, my girlfriend of eight years just recently became my wife, congratulations, and we're planning a trip to Miami in April. Do you, David, the Rubin Report team, or Clyde, have any recommendations for cool, but reasonably priced restaurants or hangout spots where we can get decent food and drinks in the South Beach area? I wanna make sure we do this Miami trip right. I feel like you got better cool spots than I got. You got some cool spots, dude. I don't, you know, I don't do South Beach that much because it's like, that's, you know, it's, it's the party atmosphere. I'm, I'm kind of aging out, man. I like a nice, cool, chill restaurant. Uh, I love Coconut Grove. Coconut Grove just has great, great restaurants. You can't go wrong anywhere. You, sh you gotta try Mr. 01 Pizza for sure. There's a couple locations in Miami. Uh, the Key Club in Coconut Grove is pretty awesome. Uh, if you go to Coral Gables, there is a restaurant called Lulu, an Italian restaurant. It is phenomenal. We've done a bunch of, my team member birthday the birthdays there. I wish I could remember that waitress's name. She's so good. And, and the food is just absolutely spectacular. I'm being told by Phoenix that Lincoln Road in South Beach is quite good. You also might want to try to get down to the Keys if you want to try something a little bit different, a little not just like hardcore Miami, Miami. And what else do I like around here? Walk around Wynwood, see the Wynwood. What do they call it? The Wynwood Walls, I guess they call it. All the, they have like funky graffiti over there. And uh, I'll try to think of some other things. Message, message us in the, in the, Community again before you head out. We'll, we'll come up with a list for you. Uh, Karina says, Dave, have you noticed since Governor DeSantis has become a very public figure that every negative story out of Florida is now national news? I used to see my home state, Colorado, a lot on national news. Now I feel like it's Florida. Yeah, everything that happens here. 
And that's why I keep saying you can tell who the threat to the system is right now. No one's really going after Trump right now. It, that's just the fact, right? Like no one is. Most people are, are either ignoring him or, or his, his hardcore people are backing him no matter what, right? But the machine is kind of ignoring him right now. That's just how it is. DeSantis, no matter what he does, is getting national news, right? Like, look, I live in Florida. We focus on Florida because I think it's the blueprint and I do want the show every day to give you a positive vision. That positive vision happens to be emanating out of the Sunshine State. That's a, that's a pretty beautiful thing. Uh, he also, because of this, this sort of um, said but unsaid situation, or I guess it's all unsaid, but it's implied that he's probably gonna run for president. Uh, I think that's creating a situation where they wanna go after him early, right? And Trump only sees him as the threat. Trump doesn't see Nikki Haley as the threat. He doesn't see Mike Pompeo as the threat or anything else. So Trump is going after him. As I said, the, the, the Pence thing that we started with here is bizarre. It's like, man, Pence, that's such an easy win for you. Such an easy win to be like, you know what? What DeSantis did for the kids with the bill was right. And what DeSantis did to stop Disney from getting special treatment was right. What a win. But he wants to create a wedge with DeSantis. My guess is because Pence is probably gonna run. It's, it's not gonna go well for Pence. I, I don't even know why he's even thinking about it. Like he just doesn't have a base like that. Uh, all right, let's see what else. Joe says, when did things get weird? I figure things started getting weird around 2013 or 14 when micro, microaggressions and Twitter warnings were introduced on college campuses. Maybe it was the in, uh, introduction of the smartphone. What say you, Dave? I think there's a lot of ways to look at the weirdness. I think the, the probably real blanket answer of when things really went nutty, yeah, was when this thing got in all of our phone, in, our, in all of our phones, when it got in all of our hands. When did the original iPhone come out? Maybe around 2005 or so, is that 2007? So 2007, so first, you know, we had <laughs> phones before that and you had, you know, slower text and black and white phones and you could play Snake and whatever. Then we got this thing, we had apps, you had GPS, we started because of social media, the way that really exploded, you know, you found, you reconnected with people who you liked for the moment you reconnected with them, then you hated them. Then, as I always talk about, the feed on Facebook, there's an explosion in the Middle East. There's a picture of a baby. It's grandma's birthday. There was a murder in Indiana. Like it, it all was just making us wacky. Then somehow politics became our national sport. I think when you add the fact that the algorithms were highly manipulated to make us addicted, you also had this, this endless scroll thing, right? Websites back in my day used to have an end. You'd go to CNN.com, it would end. You'd just scroll to the end. There was nothing else to look at. Now they doom scroll you forever. I think all of these things have kind of worked against us. I don't think there's exactly one moment you can point to. Uh, but however, your point on 2013, 14 microaggressions and all that kind of stuff, that was definitely connected to my wake up around 2014, right? That's when I started as a lefty saying, something's not right here. Why are we shouting down speakers? What's going on at college campuses? All of those things. And that I do think, you know, because everyone used to say the same thing to me when I was doing it at first and saying, you know, we're not acting liberally and all of those things. Everybody, I mean, I mean, from pundits to family members, everybody would say the same. Dave, you're just wasting your time. You're talking about college kids. The second they get out of college, the real world's gonna hit them. They're gonna fold like a wet paper bag. That'll be it. And I just did not feel that was the case. I, I don't know what it is. I just saw something. I think it has something to do with, look, I was on the Young Turks. They were influential at the time. Fortunately, they're not so much anymore, but I saw that just like the hysteria and anger and how they were disseminating it to people and all of those things. And I just felt this thing was gonna, 
verse forth. I don't think anyone could have predicted this where we're at now, but I would also say uh, that's why we have this little, uh, this little window to fix it. And uh, we're living in the window of the window over here. Uh, Gina the Nomad says, does Rumble headquarters offer tours? I'll be nearby in a couple of weeks on a family vacation and would love to get a tour. They don't yet. I don't know that that's in the, in the cards at the moment. You know, right now we've, we've got one studio there and then it's just, it's mostly people doing work. So, you know, it's offices and conference rooms, the Dave Rubin conference room on the executive floor, pretty cool. Um, but the studios themselves, you know, it, it, right now there's only one studio there. So it's not necessarily something it, it might be kind of cool to see just where, where people go to do these things. I, there are plans to build a whole bunch of bigger studios really all over the country. Probably again, start with a little more here in Florida first. There's a lot of plans. I can't reveal everything at the moment. Um, but you know, we've got the, the local studios here in Miami, the, uh, the Rumble Studios over there in Longboat Key. Um, but if you show up there, there are a lot of security guards. You know, you can tell them you don't know Dave Rubin, but don't do that, you know, just, but go to Longbow Key. It's really lovely to get a nice grouper sandwich. Elizabeth says, what's your favorite childhood memory? Ooh, that's tough. What's my favorite childhood memory? Uh, you know, I remember my grandma, my grandma Mimi taking me and my brother, this has gotta be 1985, to the original Transformers movie. And she said, I remember her saying something like, kids, I'm gonna fall asleep during this thing. She fell asleep by the time the opening credits began. My brother and I, our, our minds were blown. I mean, they kill Optimus Prime right at the beginning of that movie. Have you seen that one even? The original cartoon, Transformers? Oh, they kill Optimus Prime. They kill Starscream. Galvatron disintegrates him. I mean, it's disturbing. There's some great music in there. You've got the touch. I hope some of these references are making sense to you people. Um, but I remember it was just like a great day. It was just a great, and then we had milkshakes. So milkshakes in the original Transformers movie. Much better than Michael Bay Transformers movie and not having a milkshake. I think we can all agree on that. People, watch Gutfeld tonight. I'll be on and then I'll be in New York tomorrow, but we are pre-taping a show for that too. Uh, James Lindsay will be my guest as well as TBD. To be, wait, that's to be delayed. TBA, to be announced. To be determined. It's TBD and TBA. Part two of my interview with Peter Thiel is up across platforms, full things on locals. We leave you with a cold close. Adios, amigos. Oh my God. Oh my God, it's so nice. It's so nice. How's your family Welcome and the back. children? Everybody okay? You okay? Fantastic. You okay? <laughs> oh, it's so nice. I only promise we can kiss. No, we can't. Not no, kiss this. like on the cheek. Cause oh, I see is, what you mean. Go on, Phil's turn. Off your pop. Come to G. No. Good to see you too. Great That's to see you. It's so, it is emotional. I, I know, don't. I, I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. This is fantastic. Just... Oh, thank you for giving me this emotion. This, uh, uh, well, welcome back. Great. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.